0: Your reading today is taken from two sections in Luke chapter 8. Verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Verse 26, they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demon had gone out and begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Let me pray for Joseph. Father God, I just thank you so much for Joseph, the way that you've gifted him, Lord, and the message that you've given him to speak to us this morning. I pray he'd sense your presence with him, you would empower him by your Holy Spirit to give this word, and I pray for us that we'd be open to how you'd be speaking to each of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thanks, Rebecca.
1: Good morning, uh, it was great to see some of the new, uh, no, some of the faces that have been haven't been seen for a long time, uh, it was great uh, to worship together. Um, and give, uh, like giving you a hug and say hi to you was great. Um, yeah, when when our team talked about you know sharing the preaching lot uh, of this Luke series, I was assigned um, this passage, um, Jesus meeting the demon possessed man. I was I was wondering out of the night pastors why I was assigned you know <laughs> with this passage, and they said because you you grew up in a charismatic. Uh, church. I was like the most I have was um smoke machine um you know more fancy lighting in a youth service. Not really, you know. <laughs> but um yeah um yeah the, the first time I came to first I, I told them I'm I'm a full pap- Baptist right now. Um the the first the first day I worshipped at first Baptist I was worshipping like this and then the second week I was like this. <laughs> and then the third week and then after that it's just very contemplative kind of (laughs) worship posture Um, but all jokes aside uh, yeah I would love to have you to pray with me while we're going through this passage Um, I I pray that God you know we use his word to speak to our life and to our church when David Nacho begins this whole series on the second Sunday of September he mentioned a new kind of belonging a true freedom that Jesus offers that brings healing restoration and transformation and we can see the same theme throughout the whole Gospel of Luke and in today's passage Luke shows that the kingdom of God breaks through the cultural barriers of social classes and gender rich and poor powerful and weak men and women orphan and widow those who are marginalized and oppressed are freed And in verse 1 to 3, the text mentioned the the name of three women, Mary Magdalene, Joanne and Susanna. They They were normally cast, I'm sorry, they were some of the women who were cured of evil spirits and diseases. And people with evil spirits and diseases at that time, in the first century, were considered unclean. They were normally cast out from the society. They were isolated. And Jesus healed these women and they became the disciples of Jesus and were helping to support Jesus and the disciples out of their own means. And this is not the norm in the first century in the Jewish culture. So Jesus overturns the conventional barriers of society and the patriarchal norms of most ancient societies. This is the belonging image that the Kingdom of God depicts. And in the later parts of the passage, the story, Jesus breaks through the social isolation and brings true freedom to a man in Gerasenes. And you can, if you can show, you know, on the screen. And this encounter actually happens in the east side of the Sea of Galilee in the northern Israel. And this area is likely non-Jewish, Gentile area. That's why There are thousands of pigs in that area and we know pigs were considered unclean by the Jews. And I'm so glad there were no Pharisees there. If you remember, when David preached on a new kind of belonging, the text mentions that all the people in the synagogue, and I assume there were, you know, many Pharisees and teachers of the law in the midst, they were furious with Jesus when he claimed that he is the Messiah they have been waiting for. When Susanna Nacho preached on the new wineskins, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law complained to Jesus' disciples why they eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners. And when Daniel Fabiano preached on meeting Jesus, Lord of the Sabbath, the Pharisees were condemning Jesus and his disciples for picking the grain to eat during the Sabbath. They are everywhere. If this is a children comic, I'm just assuming all these Pharisees and teachers of the laws they are hiding under the table when Jesus is eating, and then they just pop up and then it's like, hey, hey, gotcha. And then they're hiding in a bush when the disciples are picking the grains, and they're just like, hey, gotcha, you know, you're, you're not, you know, following the laws. So they are everywhere. But here in Jerusalem, there were no Pharisees. It was just Jesus, his disciples, and the demon possessed men, and later the pig owners. As Jesus was stepping out on the shore, a naked, violent, and demon-possessed man saw Jesus and came to him. This man was enslaved and controlled by the evil supernatural force. He was demon-possessed. Though we rarely deal with explicit cases of demon possession in the Western world, Canada, it's not in North America. But that shouldn't stop us from recognizing the influence the demonic has on us daily. I recently chatted with a, with, with a pastor friend. Both of us agree that the very obvious demonic influence in the Western society can be seen via social media, consumerism, individualism, secularization, addiction, and so on. I grew up in an urban city in Malaysia. So Malaysia is in Southeast Asia. So although demon possession is not as common as some parts of the world, but there's more opening accepted about its presence. And I have seen um, vividly two times uh, in my life of demon possession cases. Um, Yeah, I remember one happened in a public setting and the other one happened in a church, but we are not going into that. And in his commentary, Daryl Bock says, "One must be careful not to overreact. However, some people see a demon behind every bush, while our Western culture, he said, being enlightened, often makes the opposite error of dismissing such talks as reflecting a primitive worldview." So Daryl Bock thinks that both approaches are actually a victory for the dark side. Because we never fight against what we don't believe is there. And on the other hand, to be obsessed with the demonic does not reflect spiritual balance and can avoid spiritual accountability. So, no matter what our thought and experience is regarding demonic matters, the Bible makes it clear that a fallen world is still influenced by the presence of sin and Satan until the day of Christ's return when he restores the whole creation. And so in today's passage, we see the presence of the demonic power on the man. He was an outcast. He was cast out from the community. He was violent and had terrified the people in the town. He was so terrified that they kept him chained and under guard. But he was so strong that he broke the chains and escaped to the tombs outside the town. So this man represents hopelessness, isolation, and enslavement. I wonder how hopeless he felt he was. He was isolated from his own community. His body and mind were enslaved. He was a person people pointed at, feared, and make fun of. He was dismissed as crazy. No one took him seriously. He is the kind of person we want to put away so that we don't have to deal with him. But I think this man was longing to see hope again. He was longing to be embraced by his community. He was longing for freedom. And Jesus met with this man. Jesus was dealing with, according to the Bible scholars, some, somewhere around 2,000 to 6,000 demons. And I think this is the most intense exorcism that Jesus encounters in the Bible. And the demon demons recognize who Jesus is. He is the son of the most high God. Jesus stood waiting for the man. He did not react with fear. He knew his power is over the world, the physical and spiritual. And the legion was brought down to his knees, and the demons said, What do you want from me, Jesus? I assume the voice is not this, it's maybe more, you know, lower, you know, more base, <laughs> Son of Most High God, you know. <laughs> the demons knew who Jesus is and the authority he has, and they fell before the Son of God. Here we we are seeing an image of even the demons have to submit before the authority of God. The Son of the Most High God is the Lord over demons. Next, Jesus asked the man his name and he told Jesus his name was Legion because many demons had gone into him. I mean some suggest that Jesus asked his name is for those who were there with Jesus so that they could identify the man's problem. They wanted, Jesus wanted people to see that this was not an evil man. He was possessed. Jesus was preparing the community for the man's restoration to normal life. For the man to belong, to be embraced back to his community. Because at that time, I think we have mentioned, people tend to differentiate those with illnesses and demon-possessed. They are deemed as unclean and they were isolated from the community. And also by identifying the fact that there were many demons, Jesus showed that he has authority even over an army of demons. This is such a great news. And demons, the demons know the son of Most High God was going to cast them out. They knew that the heart of the Lord would lead him to save this man. They knew they could not stand before the Holy One of God and they deserve his judgment. And Jesus, for some reason, granted the request of the demons. So the demons entered the 2,000 pigs and the whole herd rushed down a steep hill and went into the water and drowned. So the picture you see is some of the research that they think this might be the possible area that this incident happened. And I know we might have a lot of questions that we don't have answers about this supernatural incident. But the most important thing is, we are reminded that Satan and demonic power are real. The rushing of the pigs into the sea show that this was something supernatural was going on. So we recognize that Satan is powerful and he is still seeking to do us harm. But the good news is he must submit to the authority of Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. There is nothing Nothing and nothing that is beyond the authority of the Lord. No sickness, no sins, no evil, no brokenness, no addiction that can escape the authority of God. Amen? Amen. And this is an important reminder that there's nothing in your life or mine that He cannot overcome. So the same power that frees the man who was possessed by thousands of demons is in you is in us when we feel tormented or enslaved yes it is important to seek help from professionals and it is wise to do so but we must also realize that only god can bring total healing deliverance and true freedom so we talk about the authority authority of the lord how about his heart we mentioned his heart right there are many people in the world and maybe in this congregation today who feel like these man? they believe they are beyond hope they feel trapped in life and maybe believe their life is out of control they have they might have been pushed aside by this by their community and they believe there's nothing that can be done perhaps as you sit here or listen to this message online you wonder if the grace of god could possibly help you friends as the as the scripture mentioned the heart of Christ is to bring hope and healing to this man. Jesus got into the boat, crossed the Sea of Galilee, facing a fierce storm in the process. And we will talk about this incident next Sunday. And I'll be preaching on that passage too. Just some preview. And Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee and find this man. He cast out the demons from the man and then got back into the boat and went back across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus came all the way for one man who was enslaved and isolated. And Jesus came all the way to earth for you and I. He went all the way to the cross just to prove his love for us. In verse 34, we saw the transformation of the demon possessed man. We are told that when people came out to see what had happened, they found the man sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. Sitting at Jesus' feet in the Bible usually depicts an image of discipleship. Jesus had given this man's life back to him. The enslaved man is now freed. The naked man is now clothed. The violent man is now sitting calmly at Jesus' feet, listening to him. He is restored in his relationship with God and he regains his human dignity. But if, if, the passage says the people reacted differently. Instead of celebrating the deliverance of this man, we are twice told that the townspeople, the townspeople were afraid. And in verse 37, we were told that they had huge fear. They were afraid of Jesus. They were devastated by his great power. Their fear doesn't lead them to faith as compared to the boat incident that we're going to talk about next week. Rather than find security in his power, they asked Jesus to leave. They told the Son of God that he was not welcome in their town. So Jesus got into the boat and left. Interestingly, the story seems to end in verse 37. Jesus got into the boat and left. If this is a movie, uh, I love watching movie, I think the screen will turn black and the credits start, start to appear, right? Like the story ends. But then suddenly, Luke, the director, brought the audience back to a scene that happened just before Jesus left he unveils a brief but important encounter between Jesus and the man. The demon-possessed man who was healed begged Jesus to let him go with him. He wanted to belong to the disciple group. Maybe he simply wanted to spend more time with the one who had changed his life forever. But Jesus gave him a new calling, a new way of following him. Jesus said, return home and tell how much God has done for you. There is an important note here. Not only Jesus frees and restores the man, he brings him back to the community. Sometimes the consequences of demon possession and illness are, are sometimes similar. It can lead to isolation from community, stigma, and hopelessness. But the healing that Jesus brings to this man is not just physical, mental, and spiritual. It is also relational. Jesus restores the man's relationship with his community. And this man is no longer unclean in the eyes of his society. And Jesus asks him to return and to declare how much God has done for him. So in this passage, We are reminded that if Jesus looks past the wounds in people, we as his followers should do the same. It is easy for us to push the vulnerable to the side in our our busy lives, our busy schedule. It is tempting to ignore the pain around us. You know, do we sometimes unknowingly, like the owners of the pigs, including myself, worry more of their livelihood, the pigs, than celebrate with the man who is healed? is transformed? Do we sometimes unknowingly overlook those who are feeling trapped and vulnerable? I recently had a long-distance call with a close friend of mine in Malaysia. We used to serve um, in youth ministry together, and I got his permission to share this. Um, yeah, I told him he would be anonymous. You know, he said, "Should I put his photo on the?" Yeah, he's, a, yeah, he's <laughs> just like the joke. I said, "No, no, we won't do that." Um, so. We, we had a long conversation, so he mentioned when he was diagnosed with mental illness, he felt that he was trapped. He was still serving. He was still, you know, preaching, you know, leading the youth. But a lot of time, he felt lonely and helpless. And no one really understand his suffering. That's why he told me, you know, I just paraphrase uh, what he said. So he went through medical care and counseling, which were really helpful. But he told me something I never thought about before. He told me one of the things that helped him survive through those darkest moments was, he said, I was there for him. He mentioned, he never told me for many, many years. He just told me yesterday. So he said my presence and companionship was one of the most important things that God provided for him to lead him through the difficult, his difficult season. He also mentioned the importance of family, church he said their mere presence provides a tremendous support for him I told him I was a little surprised because I remember I because I knew so little about mental health I, and I did so little for him I, yeah, I didn't understand even what he was really going through that time what I was doing was I, I just pray with him and bring him for, for nice food so I think one of the Important ways for us to be a faithful testimony in our community, I think, is companionship. To walk alongside those who are hurt, those who are suffering, those who are vulnerable. And this is the God's kingdom-like belonging. So friends, to end today's sermon, we are reminded that there is no authority in this world that is greater than the authority of Christ Jesus. He is Lord over demons, over evil power, over addiction, over illness, over injustice, and over sins. All have to bow before him. And this Lord came all the way to the world to die for us, to love us, and to save us. The heart of our Lord is to meet and heal even the most oppressed and socially ostracized persons, to clothe the naked, to relieve the distressed, and to restore and bring a new kind of belonging that brings true freedom and restoration. And we are called to do so too.
0: Amen. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.